There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. I'm KC. And I'm Tyler. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What is happening all my people? Maybe you in the woods, maybe you're not. Maybe you're in the AC. It's where you really need to be. It is a scorcher out there right now. And we're about to have a sweet podcast that Tyler and I did about arrows. But I wanted to tell you a little bit of something that's going on next week you need to be a part of. Okay, we're going to have an element DIY hunting meetup food fest mexican food enchilada fajita actually probably more traditional than that just festival going on and it's going to be on july 15th it's going to be at the cabela's in buda texas or buda as we say it down here okay uh we want to encourage any of y'all who can come out to come join us for that you can get tickets on our website it's going to be dadgum awesome and we're going to premiere we're going to get a sneak peek in my public land Oklahoma buck at that thing, and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to show y'all that. The rest of y'all, if you can't make it, maybe you'll get to see it. I don't know, sometime around September. I don't know for sure. But if you show up to that event, we'll have a showing there, and it's going to be awesome. Can't wait to hang out with y'all, do some Q&A stuff, and really get to pick each other's brains on our approaches to whitetail hunting and map scouting and all that stuff. This is brought to you by Onyx, so we're really excited to do that. Make sure you're there. By the way, while we're talking about this stuff, this podcast is going to be about arrows, but it's going to be real broad. Maybe you've got some stuff that you've been dying to ask, but you're just too embarrassed, right? Because you're kind of new to this, or maybe you just want to know our opinion so you can rage on us. Either way, great podcast for you to listen to. The arrows that we shoot are the Vector arrows. They've got the HMR version 2, the ZMR, and they all have the updated component system that is super sick and super durable, uh, and we have put that to the test. But they just started a pre-sale on broadheads. You should go check that out too because I have been shooting some of those, and I shot like a 7-inch wide broadhead at 200 yards and, and hit dead 
dead money right in the middle. Actually, isn't that wide? But anyways, go check it out on their website. Go to the Element website so you can get your tickets for this event. They're going to sell out fast. We don't have a ton. We don't have a ton of space. So be sure you go get your ticket and join us for the Element DIY Hunting Meetup and Mexican food. What's happening, y'all? We just trucking along. We ain't buck trucking today, but we will nope. be soon. Uh, beard trucking. We are beard trucking? Yep. Is that what you said? <laughs> That's right. Beard. That could have been confused yeah, for DUI's <laughs> type stuff. <laughs> it is, yeah. That'd be bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are not headed to Commerce, Texas. Instead, we are headed to Tennessee, Tennessee, and uh, <laughs> we are going to go up here and shoot some turkeys uh, with mm. our friend Chadwick Rice of Cruiser Saddles. Uh, hoping to have a good time. But Tyler and I thought we would uh, spend some time doing a little truck casting, man. Yep, yep. We haven't truck casted in a while. I know, man. Why is that? Because we haven't traveled. <laughs> we haven't traveled that much. Since deer season, we've just been losers. <laughs> no, we have traveled. We haven't been in the vehicle together when we traveled. Yeah. That's been the thing. I was in the vehicle yesterday for quite some time. You were without <clears> me. <throat> I was uh, I was not. Nope. We uh, went to ATA in separate vehicles. That's and true. That was uh, a big trip for us. We've been somewhere since then. Where did we go? That was a pretty decent trip. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like we've been traveling to pig hunt quite a bit. Have we not? Yeah, that's it. And that's not long enough to really bust out the headphones. You no. know, I don't know if y'all know how we do this, but we we have headsets on while we're driving down the road, and we act like airplane pilots to everyone we see, um, and it's pretty fun. <laughs> but today we want to talk about arrows. Um, arrows are something that go into animals and they come out of our bows that's kind of what we do with our arrows uh not necessarily in that order that's right usually actually reverse order hopefully Uh, (laughs) tyler did dink one off his bow one time in kansas that's a pretty funny story Uh, (laughs) but uh uh i don't know if i've ever done that uh i've done some funny stuff with arrows though like uh back in the day for sure like trying to swing around in a tree stand and hang your arrow on a limb and it fly off the string or something you know (laughs) yeah um also used to be one of those guys who uh would like as soon as i got to the place i was like hunting like if i got out of the truck ready to hunt i would knock an arrow and walk around with a knocked arrow all the time yeah and uh sounds very very since, safe since don't do that <laughs> have do, you uh you ever seen a anybody donk an arrow off a turtle shell i have <laughs> it was a fiberglass arrow yeah yeah that was pretty funny back in the bow fishing days i had a buddy that decided he was going to shoot a soft shell turtle and uh Shot it and the arrow just said dunk and went back. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> Scary. Uh, yep. A uh, lot of bow fishing in- injuries out there. Are uh, there? Yeah. I uh, I good. got a situation one time where a knock came back and hit me in the shin and left a big old mark for a long time. Mm. Um, I have a cousin in law who I threw an arrow down the bottom of the boat and it bounced up and stuck in his leg. Oh my god! As when I was a little kid. Uh, and then but he was happy. Yeah, he didn't say much. He was pretty. He's pretty chill. But now we talk about it. He's like, he says, "Yeah, that hurt pretty bad." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, people lose eyes and fingers and stuff. So more of the story is don't bowfish because it really does nobody any good. But uh, you yeah, have a uh, y'all, y'all a guy mad. who uh, is from our hometown who listens and showed up actually to the event we did last year um, out at Hagerman. Ricky. Ricky, who uh, shot. And had a arrow blow up, I think, and it went all up in his hand. Oh, really? You remember him telling you that story or telling Maybe. us the story? He, yeah. So he like, apparently, I think he got most of it out or whatever, mm-hmm. or thought he did, I guess, and then like started hurting again like months later, and a piece, like a shrapnel from that arrow, was like working its way back to into the like 
surface basically and like he was it came out essentially you know he like dug it out or whatever after it started hurting for a little while i think that's how the story went he was telling me about i saw ricky uh a couple weeks ago actually in uh the metroplex in an academy (laughs) and uh we talked about deer hunting for a while i bet i bet you did but uh that's wild so kind of kind of weird okay uh, what are so why 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 would an arrow do that okay so here's 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 the thing with that I don't know. <laughs> I got some ideas. There's some ideas. I got some ideas. Um, one thing that you need to do is never shoot an arrow that's been structurally damaged, like either by another arrow contacting it uh, or by exposure to heat or, I don't know, whatever else could hurt an arrow. You know, yeah, you miss a target or, yeah. you know, clip it weird or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um you know, some, this is, and we're talking about carbon arrows right now yeah. for the most part. Um, obviously, it could be any arrow, but we're thinking a lot about carbon arrows. But uh, arrows can be made of fiberglass, like you talked about earlier, for mm-hmm. bow fishing stuff. Uh, they used to make arrows out of aluminum for hunting. A they bunch. still make some, and they're like jacketed aluminum. But yeah, like uh, a what's that? FMJ. FMJ. Or yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know. That's not my favorite thing. I mean, carbon is just pretty hard to beat. Yeah. Um, There's also wooden arrows. Yeah. If you're a traditionalist, trad trad guys. And so, uh, but. There, yeah, either way, if you're talking about fiberglass or wood or carbon, if it has some kind of structural damage, that could mm-hmm. be bad. Now, aluminum could too, but it's pretty likely that if that stuff bends at all, you can see it, you notice it, and it's probably not going to shatter into a million pieces into you, but it definitely could do some weird Just things. Bend. Another thing you have to watch out for <clears throat> that could make something shatter is an extremely overloaded spine. So um, let's take a little time and talk about like some of the... Uh, aspects of an arrow okay like so everybody knows that an arrow is something you shoot out of your bow and usually there's about four parts to an arrow plus like your projectile point okay so let's just start there that may be five so there's a broadhead or field point there's some sort of an insert outsert thing that you screw your point into uh, there is the shaft, which is the the graphite carbon part, the aluminum part of the fiberglass. There's fletchings, and then there's a knock at the opposite end, right? So the knock is what goes on the string. The fletchings are the feathers or plastic pieces, and then uh, you kind of know what the other stuff is there. So all that stuff makes up an arrow. Arrows have uh, two, let me just make sure this is right, two different uh, ways they are uh, rated, or I guess points of delineation, however you want to say it. There is grains per inch, and then there is, I guess there's three, and then there is um, going to be spine, and then there's going to be inside diameter. Okay, and those are kind of the three different components, or not components, um, three different types measurements. of measurements that you can uh, look at an arrow and take from it. Um, inside diameter is kind of the one that's dependent on the other ones uh, because, like, uh, GPI, which means grains per inch, it just means how much weight there is per inch of carbon. Let's just go with carbon, right? But per inch of arrow without any of that other extra stuff, right? So per inch of shaft, how much that thing weighs. And you'll have uh, a lot of variants to this. Um, I mean, they have some that are down in the sixes. I think a lot of 
deer hunting arrows are in the mid eights up to 10. Our vector arrows are usually in that nine, 8.5 to nine range, a little bit over nine, depending on what your spine is as well, because uh, all these things kind of depend on one another. So you have like a wall thickness, which makes that inside diameter bigger or uh, smaller because of how thick the material is on the arrow. Arrows are all, for the most part, hollow on the inside, and that's where we're talking about the inside diameter, right? So whenever you have a higher GPI, usually has a thicker wall thickness, which makes for a smaller inside diameter. When you have that thicker wall, that makes a stiffer spine. If you're not keeping up with this, I'm sorry, but there's a lot a lot of stuff kind of in there, right? So pretty much more material means stiffer arrow means heavier arrow is, is kind of the way to kind of make it. Spine is like to flex, That's essentially. Right. That's so right. It's, if it's stiff, then it doesn't flex much, and it mm-hmm. means it has a stiffer spine is so how they say it. So whenever they measure the spine of an arrow, and I think it's 30 inches, it might be 28. Some of y'all are experts, and you're probably yelling at me. Don't take my word for that, but what they do is they... They put a weight in the dead center of an arrow. I think it's a 1,000 grains. I don't remember that for sure either. But they put a weight in the dead center of a length of an arrow. I think it's 30 inches. And it's how much deflection there is. So how much that thing bends with that much weight. So it's kind of like um, uh, how gauges on a shotgun work, where the smaller is bigger when it comes to numbers, right? Mm. So... A 300-spine arrow is actually stiffer than a 500-spine arrow. A 500-spine arrow is bending in ha- a half of an inch whenever that weight is added to the middle. What, so, typical, what typical range are you seeing spines for hunting arrows? Uh, it depends on the shooter and the bow they're shooting, but anywhere from 5 to 3 is pretty no, 300 to 500 sorry I, I dropped the zeros there but like I don't know if of, I've ever even seen anybody shoot a 500 uh, trad bows and ladies gotcha. uh, and kids shoot 500s a lot okay. um, uh, it uh, hadn't been around too many later sh- lady shooters so yeah. that's probably why uh, we've got my wife <clears throat> set up on those and short the shorter your draw length is um, the um, bigger i guess the more flexible an arrow you can use so like you probably need hunter, to use right yeah because it's shorter it's exactly. gonna be stiffer when i say can i really meant need sorry you're right but like hunter is a 24 inch draw length right so <laughs> hunter <laughs> hunter has to shoot like a 500 spine arrow because um whenever you shorten something it makes it stiffer right yeah. so if if hunter was to shoot a 300 spine i'm kind of joking here guys but if he was to shoot a 300 spine arrow but it only be 23 inches long he's actually shooting something that you know has like a a pencil yeah (laughs) it it is it is stiff stiff right so another reason people shoot um 500s is uh when you go to tuning uh a trad bow you have to curve around the riser Uh so what they do is they kind of adjust their point weight on a uh, lighter spined arrow to get that perfect curve around the riser so you don't have that deflection of the of the fletchings off of the riser. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why the difference in the spine weight there. Uh, arrow tuning is kind of a tricky thing. If you're thinking about arrows, it's definitely something to keep in mind. You probably, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably think, at least beyond the level of, I'm just going to go get what's at Walmart and shoot it, okay? 
people have killed deer doing that. I'm not saying you can't, but I, I would suggest if you want to become a better shooter, you want to tighten your groups, start paying attention to some tuning stuff when it comes to your arrows. And, and quite frankly, one of the great ways to do that is to go to the bow shop and get them to do it for you. But instead of handing them your bow, go watch them do it and kind of learn a little bit about it. Right? Ask a few questions. Yeah, ask a few questions uh, about like, hey, what's what, what's going on here? What are you doing there? Because tuning a bow is one thing, but tuning an arrow is a different thing. Um, most of the time, a good quality bow shop just knows what arrow to pick up and put on your bow, and it shoots just fine. Uh, but overall, what you're trying to do is match up the stiffness of the arrow with the point weight with the weight of uh, your draw so that the thing curves the right amount to where it's not so stiff that it's uh, hard to tune the bow to and it's hard to actually make hit right but that and at the same time it's not so noodly that it's inaccurate uh and so that's kind of tuning an arrow for you gotcha um, what else is there about arrows that we need to talk about well um there is um the you know we've talked a, about the carbon and uh-huh. we know more about the carbon stuff I don't know if you know a whole lot about the trad arrows and what typically you're looking at, like in the grains per inch or any of that stuff. But if you do, it'd be good to uh, hear about it. I still shoot carbon out of my recurve because we it's the 21st century, guys. Uh, some of y'all are going to get mad about that, too. Uh, cedar shaft arrows are really hard to get something that's congruent for it, even six, right? Because... The shaft of um, wood is just not very symmetrical. So mm-hmm. I still shoot carbon with that. Um, and at that point, it's just about... If you were a trad shooter, which means shoot a recurve or a longbow, you probably know that you got to do your own work on this and somebody just can't explain your way into figuring out what arrow you should shoot pretty much. Um, um, sorry. Okay, so... Let me talk about this then a little bit. Um, And I don't want to step on the toes of another podcast we might do, but Uh um, when you're choosing an arrow, Uh should you be worried about speed? And what speed should you be worried about, Um, if so? I think, so Hunter brought up a pretty good point the other day. Not to give him too much credit. I'll tell him (laughs) to not listen to this one. (laughs) But um, there is a level, because he was talking about having a shorter draw length, and he was saying, man, if I shoot a real heavy arrow, I'm shooting like a really, really slow arrow. And that means that my pin gaps are wide and that, like, there actually is time for a deer to do some moving. A little bit more, yeah. which yeah. could mean one or two inches exactly. or whatever difference, yeah. you know. And, and that stuff makes a difference. So I think <clears throat> that to a point, speed does matter. However, if you're shooting a modern compound bow, then you shouldn't have much problem with speed. If you're shooting a recurve or something that is in the traditional type bows, you got to understand that speed is not something that you are concerned with and that you are limiting yourself by shooting that weapon, right? Mm-hmm. And that is a part of the game. Just like we're limiting ourselves by shooting bows as opposed to rifles. Like, yep. um, dude, we see so many deer that we could smoke down at 200 yards with a 7 mag, right? But Mm -hmm. we don't, and that's fine. And guys that do that, that's cool, too. I'm glad that you hunt that way and and have fun doing it. Uh, I I really like to shoot a bow, so that's why I do it. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's just certain limitations that come along with things. But a short answer to that is I think that anytime – this is my personal anecdotal 
thoughts. Anytime you're below 240, you're kind of getting pretty slow. I think that you want to be faster than that. Yeah. But I also think there's a top end. I don't think you want to be much faster than 280. I think that things get real squirrely when you get to going that fast. Arrows tune out really, really, really good around the 255, 260 mark. And they just fly true when they're going about that speed. You can you can strap on uh, a lot of different uh, types of points and still shoot really good at that yep. speed. Can you speak to straightness and what that means? Yeah, um, straightness is a little bit of one of those, uh, how do you say it, um, false flags maybe or something like that where it's important, but at the same time, most of the time, arrows are pretty straight. Mm-hmm. So there's straightness ratings, There's and they go in thousands. So that's three zero places to the right of the decimal, okay? So very inexpensive arrows are usually five one-thousandths. Um, mid-grade arrows are usually three one-thousandths. The vectors that we shoot are, um, <laughs> they actually... <laughs> Uh, go into the ten thousandths place, but they are point zero zero one five ten thousandths of straightness. So, really, really straight. And I think that is for a thirty-two inch shaft. I might be wrong on that as well. But um, over the length of that shaft, that's how straight those arrows are rated to be, and they are selected for that. And then seconds get pulled out and go <coughs> elsewhere. Okay. Now, most every hunter unless you have a 34-inch draw length, is going to cut down an arrow quite a bit. And a good uh, bow tech at a bow shop, not the bow, but like a good person who works on bows and arrows. <laughs> yep. um, a bro tech. A bro tech, that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, our boy Vret. Um, they will cut arrows from each end to find the straightest section of the arrow to shoot. All right. It's not important when your arrows are in the quiver for the labels to all line up perfectly. What is important is for you to have the straightest arrow you can out of your choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever you cut down a 32-inch .003, there's a good chance you get that thing to .001 just by cutting the right end of it off. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> now, is it important to go much beyond a .005. That is up for debate. And I would say the faster you are shooting, the more important that is because things get wild when you go to shooting real, real fast. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't usually shoot real, real fast. Um, But I do think that anything under .003 is probably very sufficient for most shooters. Mm-hmm. And I say most because some of you can really, really shoot really good, but most of us shoot whitetails at 30 yards and in. I shot three bucks this year. Um, furthest was at 32 yards. The next closest was at 11, and the next closest was at 8. And there Was my Oklahoma 8 or 14? I think 8. Oklahoma was at 8? No. Kansas was at eight. Yes, Oklahoma's like fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how straight of an arrow did I need to make those last two shots? I mean, dude, you could throw a baseball, couldn't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I can handle baseball no problem. So, like, 
and baseballs are round. They are like the opposite of straight. Right. But you almost <laughs> made it to the pros in baseball. So. Oh yeah, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Just needed a few more scouts to come look at me. Uh, <laughs> so um, I think that straightness is one of those things that people sell. I don't think it's like all that important. Yeah. However, um, hunting is a thing. Is a like an activity of details and every time you can be a percentage better that's a percentage better right so operate within your means don't spend so much money on your arrows to get super straight ones that you can't uh you know buy a tag uh it's it's really one of the great things about vector is that they're really good really straight arrows with good components that um you know they're just pretty average on cost they're not cheap they're not expensive but they are right there on the sweet spot yep where you want to be so um, it's for the guy who kind of like wants a better setup, yeah. but doesn't necessarily want to nerd out like a straight up scientist. Yes, you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly, dude. Uh, just wants to like understand the concepts and stuff mm-hmm. and, and know what probably would work best for him. That's right, man. Make good assumptions and try some stuff. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, so is there uh, a room Is there room to talk about Knox in this podcast? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that that's in there for sure. Uh, we're going to lead the broadhead talk to something different. So uh, be subscribe to our podcast if you haven't, guys, yeah. and listen to some of the old stuff because it's probably way better than this. But <laughs> um, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about broadheads in a different podcast. But knocks uh, are going to go back to the inside diameter measurement that we were talking about earlier, and that's going to matter on that. That also matters with insert. Let's talk about both ends of the arrow then. Okay. Okay. So um, we'll start with knocks. We'll go to inserts in a second. Knocks um, uh, get confusing. Because instead of giving you a number, they give them a letter designation, which is real dumb, and I hate it. Uh, but we use G knocks for for most of the arrows that we shoot, which I believe is a point one six six or point one six seven. I don't remember for sure. Uh, I, it actually might be a point two oh four. Somebody's yelling at me again on the podcast. Sorry, <laughs> don't take my word for this stuff. Look it up, guys. But the general concept is there are different sizes for knocks, and each knock is actually made a little bit differently depending on brand. Um, some of them uh, are made out of different materials too. Some of them might be a polymer. Some of them might be like a different type of plastic. I don't really know for sure. There's also lighted knocks which are really cool. We might shoot some of those this year, but you have to watch out on night lighted knocks for a couple reasons. Some states, they're not legal. Very few, actually, nowadays, I think, right? Uh, because they, um, for a while, you couldn't register as a Pope and Young if you had a lighted knock, but that yeah, has since any, changed. Or Boone and Croc. Well, I guess, yeah, technically, not Boone and Crockett. Yeah, Pope yeah. and Young would not accept those, but now do. Yeah. So I, and It's kind of like uh, if you got thrown in jail for smoking weed, Several years ago, and sorry guys, you know, yeah. it's like oh, sorry you went to jail, but uh, now it's legal. Yeah, that's right. You're in prison for <laughs> ten years, and it's ruined your life. But you know what? Now they can buy, it, uh, you know, as long as you have less than an ounce, you can, you can get a misdemeanor, or whatever. Um, so uh, look at this person. Just oh, I Smoke, thought they were smoking. <laughs> they, they, they were uh, shooting their windshield wipers off. Um, so um, lighted knocks. Uh, can be an issue for that. They also sometimes don't always function perfectly. So yada, yada, they can be a little bit um, less durable. So I see people break lighted knocks from time to time. Uh, but the big, my big concern with the lighted knock is FOC. And now we're getting off in the weeds because we're talking about arrows, we're talking about points. What are we talking about here with FOC? <laughs> uh, FOC means front of center. So I guess it's an arrow discussion, okay? And this kind of leads us into the 
talking about the insert on the other end of there a little bit. But most knocks weigh seven, eight, nine grains, <coughs> which grain is the weight. Same measurement, measurement as a one piece of rice. That's correct? right. I think a grain of rice. I don't believe. I don't. It probably is pretty close to that. It, <laughs> it might be what it originally, or grains of wheat or something. I don't really know. But it's not grams. It's a grain. It's a little bit different. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, so locks are, knocks are really light. Um, lighted knocks are not actually that light. Most of the time, they're anywhere between like 17 to 25 grains. So, whenever you apply that to a FOC concept, which means front of center weight, arrows that are shot out of a bow in general do better when there is more weight on the front end of the arrow than there is on the back end of the arrow. So more weight, no more weight in front of the center than behind the center, which would be uh, BTC rating or something. <laughs> Nobody talks about that because everybody puts the weight in the front, okay? But whenever you start putting weight on the back with a uh, lighted knock your front of center percentage goes down. So think about this. The way you measure front of center is the balance point of the arrow, okay? So front center is X, okay? Front of center is percentage of the arrow that you can move the balance point towards, if that makes any sense at all. So basically when you take the weight of the arrow and you find the center point... Actually, the weight, the weight doesn't even matter. Uh, when you find the balance point in the center and then you put your broad head on and everything else and you mm-hmm. figure out what your FOC is, you have to move your finger towards the front of the arrow to find that balance point. And whatever percentage of the length of the arrow that is, is your percentage front of center. Correct? I think so. So yes. like, if you moved 10% towards the arrow... Then, or towards the front of the arrow, mm-hmm. then that is your percentage. Yeah, I think that it is pretty well accepted that a good FOC is above ten percent FOC. Some people shoot a little bit lighter than that. I, I would say if you can shoot a little heavier. I like to be really above fifteen normally. Um, you can get kind of extreme with it, but it's really hard to make an arrow that's much over twenty percent FOC without like getting real weird with some stuff. Um, so, um, so is it a grains measurement or a length? Do you know for the FOC? Uh, it's uh, just a percentage. So, right, but is it percentage of grains or percentage of length? Um, it's it's percentage of length. Okay. So it's a percentage of like arrows thirty inches long. Center point is fifteen inches. It is a percentage towards the front. How much percentage of the arrow are you towards the front of yeah. the arrow? Um, so, uh, you want to have a little FOC. So, that gets us through the knocks. Let's go up to the front of the arrow. You're going to have something called an insert, an outsert, a screw in, whatever you want to say it is. Uh, you know, traditionally, you just had this little sleeve that went inside of an arrow, and you screwed your broadhead or your field point in there, and that was uh, your insert, right? Well, nowadays, they've... Um, Again, another thing that could be considered like a false flag or a, a false indicator of like quality or a thing you need to do um, 
is like do the whole outsert thing, which we shoot outserts on the vector arrows, and I like outserts. I don't think they help a ton with like structural integrity like people seem to think they do. Yeah. Um, the idea supposedly for some folks behind having an outsert on an arrow, which means a piece of metal that goes down the outside of your arrow shaft for a length at the front of your arrow is so that your arrow doesn't hit something and then break sideways because of that force of impact around the inside part of the metal. It's just not really something that practically happens because how often are you hitting a rock-solid piece of metal or concrete with an arrow? And the answer is zero times when you're shooting an animal, right? Uh, So... It could happen, I guess, yeah. but... It just doesn't physically make a bunch of sense to no. me how it's any much different than an insert that already is structural in there, yeah. you know? I mean, I mean, you're always technically going to have a weak point right. at any point in time but, whenever you go from having metal to not having metal. Yes, exactly. So, so there's a weak point whether it's inserted or outserted. Uh-huh. The reason I like outserts is because they help skinnier shafted arrows meet up to broadheads well. Yeah. And what that means is that you then have, like, a cavity behind the outsert down the shaft of the arrow where there's no friction of, like, animal matter. Because uh, you've made a bigger hole through it yes, already. exactly. Yeah. So it helps with penetration um, is why I like outserts. And it just makes a good, like, marriage point for a broadhead <clears throat> to the arrow, mm-hmm. uh, which means straighter arrows and you know, better air flight and yada, yada. Uh, it also helps with FOC because it gives you another thing to like yep. add weight with. Yep. So if you want to add some weight, you just put a little heavier outsider on there. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you think about that stuff? Any other thoughts on outsert inserts, anything like that? Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about that stuff really, but, uh, my, my, I guess kind of, uh, concluding thought here more than anything is that, um, I I would just kind of talk about what I shot this past year. And I uh-huh. shot 520 grains, somewhere about around 520, 525. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, and I shot the biggest, meanest three-blade mechanical broadhead I could find. And I had pass-throughs with five, at a 520-grain arrow. Um, I don't know what my FOC was. Um, I wouldn't assume it was super high. And I had pass like pass throughs with on everything I shot this year. I shot three bucks with that setup, and then I shot another buck with a six hundred grain. Or actually, it was five seventy five. I believe is what that my hammer ended up being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that was pass through as well. So um, I don't really think it takes um, a six hundred you know grain arrow to pass through a deer. I shot some pretty big body deer. Um, Now, a lot of people like to prepare for the worst case scenario. And if that's you, you might want to shoot a fixed blade with a 600 grain arrow and get through shoulders, right? Um, Or, you know, you can prepare for what most of your shots would be, which would be hopefully a good shot. If you're a pretty good shooter and you practice a bunch, that's not going to hit the shoulder blade. Um, And 
uh, and or shoot quarter and away shots, right? Mm-hmm. So those are kind of a couple of things. And, I mean, I for sure hit ribs and stuff like that with that broadhead, had bent blades and stuff, still made complete pass-throughs. So if you're looking for an example of something that could work for you, that is what I shot this year. You shot a 600, about a 600, right? And I shot 600 had almost s- on the dot. Similar results. Yes, and, and uh, Isaac, our buddy at Vector, talks about – um, how like the um, um, what there's a business word for this right but it's like a, a diminishing return mm-hmm. happens at about 550 grains anything after that like you gain a little bit but how much are you gaining right maybe not a whole lot so but I did I, I he I got 600 grain arrows at the beginning of the year to test out and I decided I wanted to try to shoot them all season one of the reasons because I don't like to change stuff mid season yep. and have to mess with that <clears throat> And I was not unhappy with the results. Yep. Now, I can see how my pins on my bow were pretty wide apart because I was shooting such a heavy arrow. Or I actually shot a single pin, but the concept is still there. Where, like, if I range something at 30 and the deer takes two steps, I then do not feel very comfortable (laughs) about taking the shot just as is. Um, So that is what you give up. Yeah. What you gain is an insane ability to tune your arrow to your broadhead because mm-hmm. it's super heavy and it is going to fly where it's supposed to. It's kind of making everything go That's where right. it's supposed to. That is exactly right. And I really, really like that aspect of it. So I don't I don't know if I'm going to shoot that heavy of an arrow this year, but I'm probably not going to venture down to the 400s. Yeah. That's not something I'm super That's interested the same in. reason that you, uh, as a DB, you don't let an old lineman get a hold of you. That's right. Because you're going where he wants you to. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going where you want to go. That's right. Might be a little slower, but he's definitely yeah. still going to take you where yeah, he wants receiver you to receiver gets a hold of you, you just take him by the socks and throw him down, you know? <laughs> that's right. That's right, man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's some pretty good arrow talk, man. I know we probably uh, left some stuff out, but we didn't want to make this too exhaustive. So if you have any yeah. thoughts, you know, send us a message. Let us know. Yeah, we'll try and, to cover it. Yeah, we can revisit this. this some other time guys but uh i hope that uh you are taking time to work on this stuff this time of year because man like i was saying a while ago you don't want to take time later in this deer season to have to mess with this stuff right <laughs> like you need to be a clean killing machine by the time about september gets here so remember to take those steps and remember this is your element live in it Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.